The following recording is a production of Kicking Out at Two in conjunction with the Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network and is intended for private use only. For more information, head on over to facebook.com forward slash kicking out at two or our Twitter handle at kicking out two, along with searching Retromania with a W on any and all podcast platforms available to listen to archive shows such as this and all the great content of the Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network. Evergreen content at your fingertips anytime at your listening pleasure. And with that being said, we thank you for listening and hope you enjoy the show. You wanted the worst? You got the worst. That's right. This is the Dueling Top 10 Worst Debuts podcast here on Kicking Out at 2. Our return for the month of October here on Kicking Out at 2 as we, we talk about some of the worst debuts in wrestling history. And joining me to do that is uh, somebody who knows a lot about the worst in wrestling. Uh, it's kind of part of his personality, his wrestling fandom. He's, he's often had some of the worst opinions uh, when we've had discussions. And some, some of his taste in wrestling has been, um, it's an acquired taste, if you will. But uh, it's been a long time since we've had to chat and talk about wrestling. And uh, couldn't do it without you. Dennis J. Levy, my co-host. What's up, buddy? Dave, I'm so excited. Yes, in, in, uh, in the podcast world, in the real world, we haven't seen each other in, in quite some time. Uh-uh. It's, it's, it's so on a uh, podcast level and on uh, the friendship level, I'm very excited about today. Yes, it's, me it's, too. It's, it's, uh, And yes, uh, my wrestling, uh, the, the taste, is a required taste. Yeah. Because as a kid, I was very gimmick wrestling oriented. And without being said, that that gimmick wrestling is a very much a required taste. Yes, yes, most certainly. So, all right, so here's here's how we're going to do this, okay? We're just going to get right down to the brass tacks. And you kind of came up with this idea before I hit record. It's pretty much no secret that I think everyone's number one worst debut in wrestling history is the Shockmaster. It has to be. Okay, yeah. I, I can't see any other debut not being number one. So... We're going to get that out of the way, and we're going to talk about that, because I'm sure that's your number one, it, it absolutely and it's is. my number one. It okay, so is. each of us have a top ten list. We're going to go ten to one, except we're going to go one, and then we're going to go all the way back to ten, and we'll just kind of you know free flow and take the discussion from there. So it's going to be a little bit of a different approach on this top ten um, worst debuts dueling list that we have here. So let's let's get right into it. 1993, August of 93, Clash of Champions, Flair for the Gold, Ric Flair's talk show at the time. Sting and the British Bulldog are on a, are on a team, and opposing them is Sid Vicious, Vader, and the Harlem Heat. And they're gearing up for war games. And Sting and Davy Boy are going to unveil their secret partner. And there was a little bit of anticipation behind this, like who could this be, you know, like it's... Usually back then in, in the 90s, even the, earlier than that, when you advertised like a mystery opponent or a mystery partner or a mystery special guest referee, like nine times out of ten, I would like to think you more than delivered because the, 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 the star power and the quality back then. But on a number of levels, this mystery partner <laughs> did not deliver whatsoever. Sting and Davy Boy, they, they, they do the big, you know, the, the intro, and then all of a sudden the fireworks go off, and then boom, this wall explodes, and you see this big guy in this like Star Wars Stormtrooper helmet that's covered in silver glitter fall down, the helmet bumbles off, and it's without a doubt 
got to be the most embarrassing moment in that in, in Fred Ottman's career. Share with me your initial thoughts uh, back then watching it and what and 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 how it stands today to the te- I mean Oh, I got I I got a good one. And I think my shockmaster story is actually a half decent one. That 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 that, that, that so, so the full confession, I, I like DCW. It, I always liked ECW, right? But but I never really, especially in that era, I wasn't watching it live. Really, I'd watch it like 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 ninety three. Yeah, what I'm gonna say though, like that's the sort of stuff with like the classic champions and the other pay per views. I was watching it like a year or two, like after the fact. So I want to say it was like ninety six, ninety seven. When I was at a friend's house, and and we're just watching old school, uh, like, wrestling from, like, the last couple of years, mm-hmm. whatever. And I'm assuming watching, they had it on tape? Exactly. Okay, they were watching so they the taped champions. Yep. Yeah, right. watching the class of champions. Okay. And he goes, oh, dude, watch this, right? And he starts laughing, and I go, what's so funny about that? It was a slash kid. I thought it was a slash comedy sketch. I'm like, yep. they're trying to be funny here. Yeah, And yeah. I'm like, like, if you had that perspective, you don't find it funny at all. But he goes, bro. You don't understand. This was not staged. This was a full accident. So like, I'm like, all right, now let me watch again. He rewinds it. He shows it to me again. Now I have like the mind was like, okay, have a have a clear mind. This is not staged. This is not economy act. This is them fucking up. Oh my god, that's when I I laughed, bro, for. I was off for three hours straight. Yeah. Once that got out of the way, where it's like, oh my god! If if you show this to your parents, right? They just think it's gonna be like you know one little Benny. What what's that guy's from England? That Benny, you know. Anyway, I don't know who you're talking. Benny Hill. Benny Hill. Benny Hill. Okay. I heard the name. I heard the name. Anyway, you think it's a Benny Hill sketch, right? Yep. But then when you feel like realize it's not a Benny Hill sketch. It is so fucking funny in all the wrong ways. It's, it, it is the worst debut of all time, yes. I'll be honest with you. I didn't see it live, and I didn't know it existed until a few years after. Um, so it's pretty much the same just kind of like scouring you. the internet at the yeah. time. and the, um, I do remember during that time period in 93, I wasn't watching a lot of wrestling, even WWF, um, just because my parents kind of put like a little chokehold on my wrestling viewing. So if it was anything, it was a lot of like... WWF superstars didn't really watch a lot of Monday Night Raw in the early '90s because it was on Monday and I had a you know a bedtime as a kid go you know school night. Um, so even some of those WCW shows I didn't get a whole lot of access to the Saturday night programs maybe, but um, I never understood the I, I when I did watch them I do remember watching one particular Saturday night a WCW Saturday night program and I just saw a clip of it recently um, on YouTube. And it was Shockmaster, but without the Stormtrooper helmet. He kind of had like the construction, the village people kind of look. That's the first time I saw him. With the helmet and like the the, the Carhartt, you know, uniform. And he's doing a run-in in in the main event of a show. I think it was like Sting and Flair against like Rick Rude and, and Vader or Sid or one of the two. I don't remember exactly. And so... Shock! They were at center stage in Atlanta, the small little venue that they used to do all those WCW Saturday nights on TBS. And <laughs> Tugboat or whatever, you know, Shockmaster, whatever he's called, he tries to climb over the railing, and the railing falls and hits. And at that, and and I remember watching it back then, 
and not knowing that he fell through the fucking wall on Clash of Champions in you know months before you know or weeks before. Yeah. I'm watching it and I'm thinking to myself like. I'm, th- I'm thinking to myself, oh, what a klutz, you know? But, like, I didn't know the background behind. And now when I watched it, I'm like, they had to have tried to. I, I, I'm hoping that that was an attempt at trying to capitalize on him busting through the wall and falling through. Um, there's a great story that Dusty Rhodes once told on, like, a Legends Roundtable on WWE Network. Uh, he was, <clears throat> at the time, he was the booker. Him and Ole Anderson, I think, were sharing the, the, the booking responsibilities. And all and they did the, the, the run through, the, the rehearsal. And he busted through the wall. He did the, the, the chat, you know, he announced he was the partner, et cetera, et cetera. And then Dusty claims that David Crockett, Jim Crockett's brother, who was working in production for WCW, when they rebuilt the wall after the rehearsal for the live run. He put two by fours, according to Dusty, on the floor, on uh, or like on the, like the the knee level. Yeah. And nobody knew it. So when he busts through the wall, that's how he tripped. Because according to Dusty, David Crockett um, did it to sabotage him. I don't know what the reason. I don't, I don't know if Dusty meant that or if it was just yeah. a joke when he was telling the story. But Dusty says, and this is interesting. So Dusty tells this story, and you know he's. True story here. Fred Ottman um, was was a member of the Rhodes family. He was married to one of Dusty's daughters. I never or, knew that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and this was years ago. I don't think they're together now. Yeah. Um, so he would. So Dusty was his was his father in law, and I think that's how he got the opportunity to 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 do this character. And uh, in WCW, and so Dusty says that, <laughs> or maybe it was maybe it was on Dusty's wife's side of the family. I don't know, but anyways, he's a he's a son-in-law of some kind to Dusty. And Dusty tells this story of all the kids are watching Clash of the Champions in in the house. Dusty's wife is is there. Dusty's at the TV show doing the running the tapings, and. Shockmaster busts through the wall and he trips and falls and the helmet stumbles off. And you hear Dave, you hear Davey Boy on the live feed like, oh, he fucking fell. Like, that's that's the he, he carry. Dropped, he drops oh, the F word, right? Yeah. And then Cody, young Cody, is with all his friends watching this show. And Cody looks at all his friends and he goes, I think that was Uncle Fred. <laughs> and that was like the big punchline at the end of Dusty's story. So then Dusty said he's laughing so hard. Shockmaster comes through to gorilla position. He slaps the helmet down. He goes, I fucked this up, didn't I? And that was just like the beginning of the end for him. Yep. So um, it's to the point where it's like become... This debut was so bad that it's become like... it. It's got like an underground cult following amongst older wrestling fans to where when Fred Ottman goes to these, these, uh, these autograph signings, he'll do... He'll, he'll sign autographs as Tugboat. He'll get dressed up in the yep. Tugboat gear. And he'll sign autographs as the Shockmaster. And more often than not, he gets more requests for the Shockmaster because everybody has this cult following of, of how funny this debut was, even yeah. though it was not meant to be funny. You know, the intentions weren't there. Um, and then years later, in Saudi Arabia, at like their WWE's first show, the Titus O'Neil 
slide through the oh, under man. the ring when he's running down the ramp for that Royal Rumble match that has kind of taken precedent and has trumped the Shockmaster debut because right. of the the hilarity of it. What What do you think uh, was the the funnier of the, of the two? What made you laugh harder? Um. I don't. Th- so the actual fall through the wall with Shockmaster didn't make me laugh. I was just kind of like, like, oh, that's not good. What made me laugh about that was Davy Boy dropping the F. Yeah, that makes it. And yeah. then you hear Booker T in the background, like, oh man, this ain't good. Oh, oh and man, really, I gotta yeah. watch that. And they yeah, he's like, oh <laughs> man, this ain't. I don't know if they still have the yeah. audio, but he's like, oh man, this ain't good. And you, Davy Boy's like, you fucking Phil. You know, that's what made me laugh about it was their reactions that like they couldn't hold it in professionally to try and make, you know, do some damage control on the on the, yeah. the debut. The Titus O'Neil one made me laugh harder. And I think it was because Michael Cole and Corey Graves were laughing hysterically. They couldn't, it. they couldn't even keep it together. Like I think they went through like two other entrances before they, you know, entries into that rumble match where they then they finally stopped laughing. That 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 uh, that was I'm telling you, I put Titus O'Neil that incident is, and it has to be my top ten favorite wrestling moments of all time. I that that and Corey Graves just his reaction for it. That that uh, that that uh, obviously Shockmaster that 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 that's gonna uh, live in for me for longer. Yeah, but I actually do think that Titus O'Neil was the funniest moment in yeah that was history. that was definitely funnier than Shockmaster you know, but Shockmaster uh, set the bar for worst debut oh absolutely and Titus cleared it with that uh, fall I, underneath I, the ring I, between me and you too I think I think I, I think this list is good uh, I mean, we're, we, we're gonna we're gonna have a discussion on a lot of awful debuts in this podcast but that is just by leaps and bounds that's the that's the number one yeah that's everything def- else is the distant number two yeah everything else is fighting for number two I agree yeah. so let's so let's go down our list you're gonna start number we'll go back and forth so All you'll right. go 10 I'll so go the, 10 so, so, so I'm, I'm not doing any particular order I'm just doing like this just uh, that like, like like I just think now now uh, that, that now we're, we're really like you know cutting hairs here so, okay so, 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 so anyway in my opinion for, for at least at least for me, for my most memorable, the fake Diesel in the fake Kane, in the fake Razor Ramon, yeah, okay, the, the fake the fake Razor and the fake Diesel. That's, it, yeah. that was that was unbelievable to me, and it goes to show you. I know I brought this up off off, off uh, that, that that off the air, yeah, but 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 now I'm gonna. That was a little cryptic about about what I meant. But what, what I told Dave, it's so funny how some of these. Shitty debuts are also tied with some some of the greatest. What I mean by that, fake Diesel. Who is fake Diesel? That that's fucking Kane. Yep. Kane's in the in the top, my opinion, three worst debuts of all time. Yep. And there's also he's, he's part of the greatest debut of all time. Yeah, I. I you know, that's a good point. That's, and, and, that's and, an excellent point. And it's funny. That's not the only example of that. We're, we're going through the we'll, we'll podcast. Through, yeah. I I. I got fake razor and diesel on my list too as well. I actually had them. Since you're not doing a particular yeah. order, I guess I'm not going to do a particular order either. But I will address. I would it say now. I can't. It's, I, I, number one, Shockmaster, and everything else is so too close. That's number two for me. Yeah. Okay. So I put that as number two. Uh, fake razor and diesel. Um, what's interesting about that was okay. I was a big diesel fan in yeah. the '90s. Okay, and I liked Razor Ramon too, but I was a big diesel fan. And when they sh- jumped ship and went to WCW. 
and they formed the NWO. As as cool as the NWO was, yeah. like in the early incarnations when with Hogan and the three of them, I still there was a big part of me that still wanted Diesel and Razor back in the WWF. Like I still felt like there was like there there was more to be done with those two characters. I thought that Razor Ramon. You know, he lived in the, in the Intercontinental title scene for the majority of his run, but I thought Razor Ramon could could have a serious run either with the WWF Championship or competing for the WWF Championship. Oh, absolutely. And, and I'm sure that, and I've said this before on other podcasts, uh, I'm sure that Razor Ramon's, you know, ceiling was further than the Intercontinental title, but I, I, I'm willing to bet that his personal issues, you know, with drugs and alcohol behind the scenes prevented him from getting to that next level of being the WWF champion. And in many ways, he was considered like what Jake the Snake was in the 80s. He was the guy that worked with the guys and got them ready to work with the champion. That's like a great Jake, analogy. Like Jake worked with everybody to get them ready for Hogan. Yeah. And so Razor Ramon worked with everybody to get them ready for Brett or for Sean or whoever. Um, but I was, it was funny too because. I do remember bits and pieces of that debut. I remember um, Todd Pettengill announced the debut on like WWF Mania. And I was like, wait a minute. They're, they just started the NWO. They're going to leave and come back? I'm like, and that was where I was confused as a fan. I was like, wait a minute. Maybe this is a WWF versus WCW thing. Like, you know how yeah. a lot of fans thought that, that Hall and Nash were invading WCW, representing yeah. the WWF. You know, I'm thinking to myself, Maybe they're coming back to recruit more to then go over back to Nitro. Like, you know, I was kind of... I was fooled. I, I, I wasn't fooled, but I was just kind of like scratching my head. Like, how could this be possible? Like, they're in the trenches of this NWO story. They just turned Hogan, you know? So I was I was a little confused by that. And then Gorilla Monsoon, who was the television president yeah. at the time, was like, we've had no conversations with Razor Ramon and Diesel. Um Formerly known as Razor Ramon Diesel. He even re- referenced them as Scott Hall and Kevin Nash. And, and said that, you know, we have not had discussions with contract talks. And this storyline was 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 um, presented on television by Jim Ross, who was an announcer. It was Jim Ross who had made the announcement or had gotten the scoop, so to speak. And that would begin, like, the, the little short mini heel run of JR as a commentator where he was upset with Vince McMahon for firing. Yeah, that wasn't, it didn't hit. It it didn't, it didn't hit well as I thought it would. Um, But when we saw the, like they, I will say this, even though it was fake. Okay. And even though the intention behind it was to kind of, it was like a fuck you to WCW. Like, well, you know, we can take this intellectual property of Razor Ramon and Diesel and we can, we can use it just as good as we did the last time and put somebody under those monikers. Yeah, right. It was a fuck you to Ted Turner is really yeah. what it was at the end of the day. They had no serious um, plans to showcase these two guys in those characters. So, long story short, I think they did a good job, at least for me as a fan, of building up the anticipation for it. Because, like I said, there was so much confusion. I didn't know what to believe. And then when they brought these two out on TV, and I was like, oh, <laughs> I was like, total fart in church, total fart in church. And and then and then I watched the night that I watched both shows. I had the remote back yeah. and forth. 
Raw, JR brings out this fake Razor Ramon. Meanwhile, on Nitro Hall and Nash and Hogan have just taken over the whole show and have held WCW hostage again, you know? So I was like, and there's a funny story behind that too. Kevin Nash once told that when the announcement was made about Razor Ramon and Diesel returning to the WWF, apparently Hall and Nash were under like short-term contracts with WCW. They were called deal memos. And basically, long story short, a deal memo is was that like, it was like a contract before a contract. It would stipulate that you are intending to sign a contract for these terms, but right now you're under this little deal memo deal, right? And so, according to Kevin Nash, um, you know, back then, forms of communication were not cell phone and text messages. A lot of it was, you know, pay phones, phone calls. You call people at their home, and they got 911 messages on their beepers from Eric Bischoff. And they were flown to headquarters in Atlanta. And Bischoff signed them to legitimate ironclad contracts and gave them like a million dollar raise. Something to that effect. I'm sure the number has been exaggerated over I tell years. you what though, what the NWO brought to the table, that's a bargain deal. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you think about it, like, and it was all because Bischoff was scared that they were leaving to go back. And... Hall and Nash said, well, all right, if you're going to give us money, we're not going to turn it down. You know, I love it. Nash. He was yeah. a, he, I, 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 this is my full confession on Kevin Nash, that, that, that I think his, his ring skills are the shits. But him on the mic and him on the person, and oh, my God, these podcasts he does now, oh, my God, he's such a funny person. He is a funny I dude. love Ke- Kevin Nash, the person, never was a fan of the wrestler. Yeah, I was a big fan of the wrestler because I felt like the, 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 it was an extension of the person. In a way. And you kind of see that with the podcast. No, that's I, kind of a good you know, I, I used to listen to some of his podcasts, but then they talk too much politics, and I'm just like, I'm here I'm, I'm here for the wrestling. Yeah. I'm not here to talk about what you think about Trump or whoever. You know, I can give a shit about that. So, I mean, when they talk about some current events in the real world or, you know, um, some of those conversations were engaging, but for the most yeah. part, I was there for the wrestling. But anyways, all right. So, yeah, Razor and Diesel make my number two. Um, here's one, Dennis, that I think you... You'll, you'll get a kick out of, okay? This debut was so bad, it didn't even make television, okay? This debut was so bad, there is there is no footage of any kind to prove that this debut took place. You got me at hello. Okay? <clears throat> Harlem Heat in WCW in 1993. Wow, okay? really? Listen to this. You're gonna, you're gonna, your, your mind's gonna be blown. I, I'm all, my, it, it, it's in the, it, it, it's already, it, really. Okay? It, so the original idea for Harlem Heat was to portray them as they were like two guys that just got out of prison. And so they had like the inmate uniforms with the inmate numbers on the back, similar to like the Nails character, okay? And they were managed by Colonel Robert Parker. But here's the catch, okay? They were wearing chains around their neck like dog collar yeah. type chains and they were being walked to the ring by colonel robert parker the implication being that they were like his slaves yeah okay and so colonel robert parker the character you remember he kind of had yeah. the colonel sanders persona yeah. the white suit with the hat with the southern accent oh colonel robert parker oh, yeah. you know like he kind of had that vibe to him and he's coming out to the ring with two guys in prison uniforms, African-American men, yeah. <laughs> with chains around their neck, and he's walking them to the ring. Okay? This was so bad. 
okay, that Turner executives allegedly got rid of the footage. There is no footage of the kind that that proves that this happened. The only way you know that this happened yeah. was if someone was in attendance and they had their Polaroid camera and they took a picture of it. And they still have that picture to this day. And that was like the shortest. It was so bad that like when they saw it, when, when, when fans saw it and when, yeah. you know, insiders, you know, reported on it in the industry, everyone was just like blown away. And mind you, this was a few months after WCW had parted ways with Bill Watts. And Bill Watts at the time was running WCW. And Watts, there was an interview that came out in like the Pro Wrestling Torch or some interview he did with Mark Madden like a year, like in 1991. And somehow the topic of like free enterprise came up. And like being able to discriminate owning a business and who you can conduct business with. And Bill Watts made this awful, awful remark about if I want if I own a fried chicken place and I want to, and I want I don't want to sell fried chicken to a black person, I don't have to. And that interview made its way all the way up to Turner executives, in particular, Hank Aaron famous baseball player just died last year okay Hank Aaron got wind of this interview and Watts was let go he claims he walked away but Watts was let go because of the comment plus he had already ruffled a ton of feathers with 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 executives and wrestlers this Bill Watts stories for days we could talk about but just think about that Bill Watts gets fired for making a, a, a a racist remark about having the freedom to not want to sell fried chicken to an African-American person, which the fact that it, that he wasn't called out for it sooner was surprising. And now, then you have this debut with Harlem Heat, and Turner executives realized, oh, man. And now I don't know whose idea it was. Yeah. Some have said that it might have been Ole Anderson's idea because Ole Anderson was the booker at the time. I don't know for sure. But there is... There's stories out there that this debut was so bad that Turner executives pulled the footage and got rid of it. That is an, that's crazy. That's how bad it was. That's that's according to the, the urban legends out I there. I never heard that story before. Never heard that I story? heard about the... It was funny. Uh, I actually didn't, didn't. I, I heard about the fried chicken story. I never, I never knew I never knew that had to do with Harlem Heat, though. Well, I never no, I'm just that. saying... No, it didn't have anything to do with oh, Harlem that's Heat. What it was. Okay. I'm just saying that like, a few there. months after yeah. Watts gets let go because of the remark... They debut these two oh, characters, you, now. you know what I mean? And I'm just like, and I'm, it's like yeah. a head scratcher. It's like, what you didn't learn your lesson the first time, like you, you know what I mean? So, yeah. um, that's got to be one of the worst debuts ever. So bad that it didn't even make air on television. And then eventually Harlem Heat would be repackaged to what we would see them today. Yeah. And, you know, Booker T and Stevie Ray. Uh, they actually went by Kane and Cole first. They're, those were their names at first, and then for whatever reason, I think they changed the names after the the the, the prison. Uh, get up that they yeah. were, they, they wore, um, but yeah, they were repackaged to what we see, what we knew, uh, and what we know today is Harlem Heat. But yeah, that was a that was a bad one. Um, all right, give me another one, you so, guys. So I got another. I just wanted uh, to, to ride your coattails on your on your last one. Okay, I didn't have this on my list, but I knew of this story. Okay, how about that magician guy that 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 uh, that Dunnertaker saw him uh, uh, wrestle and was like, no, no, it's too. It's too much like my gimmick. That that that. He had like a magician guy that was like that 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 had like a white face, almost looked like a mime. But, but okay, I know who you're talking about. Um, yeah. 
Phantasma yeah. or Fa- Fantasia or something like that. There's a funny story about him. Listen to this. I figured you knew the new knew more about. So this. I don't know the origins yeah. behind Undertaker. Okay, I knew the Undertaker said squashed it. He made one appearance. Yeah, okay, on like a WWF superstars. But here's the here here's the story behind it. So he did. You know, he kind of had a magician gimmick where like he would pull the like the 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 cloth out of his mouth. It'd be like a never ending like cloth. Or he'd like shoot stuff out of his hand, like fire coming out of his hand. Yeah. So, and then he would even like shoot fire out of his mouth. So apparently, he's backstage in Gorilla waiting for his cue to go out to the ring. And Bruce Pritchard's in Gorilla. Bruce Pritchard tells the story. It's fucking hilarious. If you ever like YouTube it or Google it, Bruce tells it. I can't do it justice. Long story short, the fluid, whatever he was using as an accelerant to, to, to spit the fire... Somehow managed to um, to get caught on like the curtain area of the backstage area and like almost lit like the entire gorilla position on fire. Oh shit! So while the match is well, he goes out there and he has the match and he doesn't even know that he just fucking lit this lit this curtain on fire in the backstage area. And Bruce Pritchard's trying to put this fire out and Vince's Vince, I think it was Vince on the headset. Vince was in the production truck or something. Somebody was yelling at Bruce like. You know, what's going on, like, with the camera cues, and there there was some miscommunication, and Bruce is like, I'm trying to put a fucking fire out here, I'm almost going to get burned to death. So, they put the fire out, and then this son of a bitch comes back through the curtain, and Bruce is, like, tearing into him. He's like, you almost set me on fire, you motherfucker. They motherfucked him up and down. (laughs) And that was the last time they ever saw that Fantasia or Phantasma care. I don't even remember the name of it. I, but I, I know heard, who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. I heard. I heard that, that that I never heard the fire story. Yeah. But I heard the Undertaker was watching this guy goes to Vince. He goes, he kind of has a gimmick. He kind of looks like me. This Some guy of the superpower stuff. This yeah. Go. Some of the superpower yeah. stuff. I get that. Yeah. But anyway, I, 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 that, 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 I have no opinion. I never saw the guy wrestle. I just know of the story. Okay. That, 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 I just wanted your opinion on that. But anyway, for 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 uh, worst debuts. And I want to go back to, to, to that same genre where there was a tarot debut affiliated with the, one of the best debuts of all okay. time. And I was live to see them, see them both. All right. That's the 1990 uh, the, the Survivor Series, of course, and I'm referring to the, the Gobbly Cooker. Okay. Did I finally say that right? You did. I, and I, you know what? I was trying. And you know I, what, I tried so hard yesterday to finally pronounce it correctly. That didn't even make my list. Really? Cooker did not make my list. But Eddie, I, bro, if you were in that arena, if you watch that on TV, you can hear the booze. That does not give it justice. Yeah. That, 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 that. You remember we did a watch along of that a couple of years ago. Yes. Show. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Go yes. find it in the archives. Survivor, Survivor Series 1990. That was a fun one. But anyways, go ahead. So, of course, everyone's built. What, what it was, they built it up for months. Or maybe, at least for me as a kid, it felt like months. Oh, yeah. Oh, what's in the egg? What's in the egg? What's in the egg? So, so, so we thought it was going to be like this amazing fucking thing, right? Yeah. Uh, that, 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 uh, yeah. And here comes this fucking... It looks more like a chicken than a turkey. Yeah. And, it, and it's like... And, it, and, it, and it's like... I remember... My, my two, of my, two, uh, two out of three of my sisters were there with me. And my my oldest sister goes... It's Thanksgiving. Why do they have a fucking chicken? And I'm like, I don't know, Nancy. I don't know what's going on here. I was like about to cry. I was like, so like, I'm only like nine years old. You know what I mean? Like, like, like I, got, I was so excited about this fucking egg. And it's this fucking thing, you know? But granted, again, here is a, one of the worst debuts of all time. Tied with what? 
the debut of the greatest gimmick of all time, The Undertaker. Undertaker. Yeah, How a, crazy is that? That's a good one. That's How a good crazy one. is that, What a funny story about... Um, you know, it's, it's interesting the, the, the correlations and the parallels you, you brought, but Undertaker once said in an interview that um, when he was talking to Vince and the other guys in creative about his character and his debut um, and leading up to Survivor Series... Well, first of all, he didn't even know he was going to be Undertaker. He picked yeah. up the phone one day, and Vince was like, Undertaker? And Vince was like, who's the Undertaker? Undertaker was like, who's the Undertaker? And then he just kind of ran with it, and yeah. Vince explained the vision. Before that, before that phone call, Undertaker was watching these vignettes and about yeah. you know, what's going to pop out of the egg. And he was so nervous, he was like, oh, they're going to fucking make me the Eggman. And he thought that he was going to be the one that was popping out of that egg, and it was going to be like the worst thing ever. And then he got the, you know, his 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 anxiety was was calmed by Vince when Vince pitched him this Undertaker character over the phone, and then he realized it wasn't for him. Um, but yeah, the gobbledygooker is a good one, dude. It really is. It's, I mean, oh, it's it. Background. I, I don't know how I didn't have that on like my it. list, but I do. I, I do. It's that's definitely. I've never heard anything like that in my life. Yeah, I would imagine if you watch it, if you go back and watch it, like the reaction on television definitely doesn't do it. My opinion, that was the uh, John Waller was probably only like 15 years old at the time or whatever the fuck. But but that was the original Xbox key, in my opinion, was the Gobbly Booker. But it didn't last long, though. It was only like a couple of weeks, right? Oh, yeah. Once we saw the fucking thing, the show was over. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't. Th- I, I, honestly, I don't know what the purpose of it was if they were planning to use the character on TV. No offense, like, 90, the '90s Survivor Series was pretty fucking bad. I think they were trying to trying to find any anything to save this fucking thing, and they're like, you didn't like 1990 Survivor Series? It's not. I know what. I take it back. It's not. It's it, it, you, you know, it, there's no match on there that right? you're gonna be like, oh my god, you have to go yeah. back and watch it. Yeah, that's a good but, point. But, but but you're right. The match itself. Uh, that, 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 I that. thought it was a fun show, and I mean, it's got yeah. a soft spot in my heart because it took place. It's in Hartford, our hometown, so you know, I, I get that. Um, all right, here's one that makes my list, and it doesn't coincide with a great debut, but this debut was. It eventually led to this individual becoming arguably. On the Mount Rushmore of wrestling history. I'm talking about the ringmaster, Steve Austin. Okay? I like the ringmaster. Really? That's bad terminology. I saw potential in the ringmaster. I really did. I'm not saying that because it's... Uh, I'm a, I, I want to be like, oh, I saw Stone Cold Steve Austin before. He, I saw the potential. Yeah. Uh, but I'm just saying, I saw why he was called the ringmaster. And, 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 and that, that uh, in the Million Dollar Dream, he, di- he did it good. It wasn't the shits. I I, I actually, that, 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 that uh, compared to what Stone Cold Steve Austin was, and compared to the ringmaster, I can't let you say that. But, but, but that, 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 uh, I don't get why people. I, I'm dying. To, I'm dying to hear your opinion. But my opinion is, I don't get why people shit on the ringmaster. I really. Don't. I think it's the name. I think because he was so. Because, all right, this is why I think people shit on it. The name and the fact that he had established himself and had some credibility as a performer in WCW as Stunning Steve Austin. 
You know, his time in the Dangerous Alliance. He had a great run as television champion. His uh, short-lived run with Brian Pillman as part of the Hollywood Blondes. Eventually, he had a singles run uh, towards the end of his time in WCW. His matches with Ricky Steamboat. Um, so underrated. No one talks about so-called Steamboat. Yeah, exactly. So, I think when, you know, to longtime wrestling fans who, who have a background on... Steve Austin's resume of what he's accomplished in the business before he became the ringmaster, I think that's what people are soured on is the fact that they didn't... You know how Vince is, and it's been publicly documented for years. If you made a, a, a big name for yourself somewhere else and you went over to him, he tweaked you. He, he, he kind of, you know, altered your persona to his vision, you know? Like people say that Ric Flair in 1991 and 92 in the WWF wasn't the Ric Flair that everybody knew in the NWA and the Jim Crockett promotions years prior. You know, the, the, the list goes on and on with guys that have had an, an alteration to their persona. And in some, time, some cases it's worked and there's other times where it hasn't. And with Steve Austin, ringmaster, I think they found out real quickly that this wasn't going to work. And it eventually led to the... The, the rise of one of the greatest. Uh, he's on my Mount Rushmore for the impact he's had on the industry. Stone Cold Steve Austin. Oh yeah, um, I mean, you know, he still transcends wrestling and pop culture to this day. I mean, he does. A, he's got a couple of TV shows. He's he's. I wouldn't say he's all over the place, but yeah. he's popular still. People still know him from wrestling, and he does all these uh, you know appearances on TV. And I think yeah, he's got his own TV show with different celebrities, and they do different things together. Um, but I think if he came in and they like advertised him as Stunning Steve, maybe, and he was with DiBiase, and maybe DiBiase appoints him the million dollar champion, and they they ditch that ringmaster moniker, I don't think people would be as um, I don't think they would give that debut as much crap as they do uh, to this day. Um, so that's my opinion regarding the ringmaster. I think, and it, and it was number nine on my list because. It eventually turned him into one of the greatest of all time, and it 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 it, it didn't the, the stink on him didn't last very long. You know, six months later he did the King of the Ring and the famous Austin three sixteen promo, and then he was off to the races at that point. He had, Ringmaster was forgotten about. DiBiase was gone by that point. So I got Ringmaster on my list. He's number nine for me. Um, give me another one. Who else you got? So this is almost. For, for 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 me, this is uh, like uh, task. Like obviously, Taskmaster's number one, and if I had to go number two, I do think that fake Diesel and I mean, God, maybe Godly Booker. Like I said, we're all cutting hands. You mean here. Shockmaster? Like, Shockmaster, yeah. yeah. What did I say? Taskmaster. Taskmaster. Oh, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I love me Kevin Sullivan, but sometimes that fucking gimmick went off. We're off. The yeah. In a bad way. Yeah, he was good. <laughs> but um. That, that uh, what I'm getting at, uh, uh, that uh, oh my god, I lost my train of thought. But but um, uh, that um, um, oh the Yeti. I was going with uh, that, 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 that. Oh my god, he's uh, on my list. Uh, that, 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 uh, did he ever have a match after that? Okay. Um, and what? Okay, and, and you're and too. And, and, I, and I need your opinion on okay. this too. So when the Yeti gets gets in the ring, whatever the 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 the, the giant. Uh, that that has him in like a bear, a bear Hogan, or whatever. Yeah. Hogan, Hogan giant, a bear, Halloween like, hat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that, that uh, the giant has uh, that Hogan in a bear hug. 
Here comes the Yeti. What are he, like seven foot, whatever the fuck. He's taller than the, than, than the big show, right? Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So, it had to be whatever, what are they called? Producers or whatever in the back that, 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 uh, they say to do a double bear hug or whatever? Like, 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 what? It looked like Hulk Hogan got sexually assaulted. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> what was going on? Like, 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 can you make sense of it? Uh, please, well, let's backtrack for a minute. Yeah. First of all, yeah, it was the Dungeon of Doom. Okay, and even at twelve years old, I'm just scratching my head. Like, that's such a stupid name. You know, I, I do like. If that. it was Sullivan, yeah. Like, if it was Sullivan and like Giant and maybe like one or two other yeah. guys, like, and they had this like alliance or something, they just had a different name, like. I'd be fine with it. But right out of the gate, you called it the Dungeon of Doom. Like, come on. Like, that's just so... Like, even at that point, I was like, this is way too cartoonish for me. Okay? So, there's that. Yeah. Then, it gets worse. Hogan and Giant, before the match, they had a monster truck on top of the roof of Cobo Hall. And they had this monster truck battle because... They were trying to maximize their sponsorship with Slim Jim, and the the, the there was I think there was a Monster Truck sponsorship as well, because um, they were WCW was getting involved in the Monster Truck scene, so they were trying to you know incorporate that partnership. So they do this Monster Truck battle. Hogan wins it, of course, because Hogan must <laughs> follow, you know he can't do a job in a Monster Truck. Now come on, you know, fuck man, I love Hogan, but goddamn, like did you have to win the Monster Truck battle? And then Giant and him fight on the roof of the, of the arena. <laughs> and then Hogan knocks him off the roof. And all of a sudden, he goes off the roof. And I'm like, he just killed the guy. <laughs> killed the guy. It's and then you see Hogan's hard. like, oh, my God. Get some help, brother. And then, like, later in the night, he comes out. Hogan's like, I didn't mean for that to happen. That's not what, you know, I intended. Like, oh, my God, blah, blah, blah. Then all of a sudden, this motherfucker rises from the ashes and comes down the aisle to have his world title match with Hogan after he just fell off the roof of Cobo Hall. And zero selling him, zero in Nothing! <laughs> Nothing! You would have thought that, like, he fell on, like, I mean, who knows? Like, I don't know. Like, he didn't sell a, a lick of it. And then they have this finish at the end where, like, there's a bunch of guys involved. Luger gets involved. Savage does a run in. You got other members of the Dungeon of Doom. And then this big bastard wrapped up in fucking toilet paper <laughs> comes down the aisle. And all of a sudden you hear Tony Schiavone's like, it's the Yeti! <laughs> and he comes in and bear hugs Hogan from behind while Giants got in. So here's my problem with, with that too. Like, Awful. Awful. It, and the fact that, and here's the other thing too. It was so yeah. bad that like, they still kept him on TV. He was on TV for like, I don't know, maybe That's, a couple of weeks, another month. He, he's like, and they changed yeah, they, I, I saw something recently. I didn't know this till like uh, yeah. within the last couple of years, but I saw a video recently on Worldwide. It was WCW Worldwide, and the Yeti had a match, but he wasn't dressed up in all that toilet paper. They did this like ninja gimmick with him, but they still called him the Yeti. And I was like, like, oh my god, you're really trying to salvage this? Like, cut your losses. Yeah. It sucked. <laughs> You know, that made my number three. That was my number three right there because it was so fucking bad. I want to stop something real quick. Okay. I promise it won't, uh, no, won't no, go no, too go, far. Go for but it. I got a trivia question for you. Okay. It's not, it has nothing to do with debuts. Okay. But, 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 but I've, been, I've been meaning to have this and it's at the perfect time because okay. you mentioned it. That, that uh, What was WCW's last show ever on television? 
It was an episode of Worldwide. You got it. How cool was that, man? Do you ever yeah. see that? By the way, it's so sad. At the very end, they try to play it off like 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 WWF didn't buy them. Yeah. At the way, and it goes, well, that the, the well, it's the end of the show. We'll probably never see you again. That's like uh-huh. it was that the exact words he said. To, yeah. I was like, oh, that's all that hurt. Yeah, I've seen. I I didn't see it live when it happened, but I do remember like seeing video years later that. Oh, it's so sad. It was sad. a syndicated show that they, I, I'm guessing they had like recorded like weeks before, you know, the, the, the sale and the final. But I don't know, that, yeah. the guys knew well, that that was it for them. Yeah. He said that, he said at the end, he goes, well, uh, I forget what it was. It wasn't, it wasn't like, well, we're not going to see you again. What, but the way he said it, it was like, this is it. <laughs> kind of, it, it kind of implied that they were yeah. done. Yeah. But I do remember, yeah, it was a, it was a syndicated show. Um, so it would air on like UPN or something like that on like a Saturday and they, they, they kind of switched up their format a little bit. They used to have live matches, and then they would do, like, clips from shows. And then at one point, they did, like, a feature where it was, like, a, um, like a, um, like a this day in wrestling history. And they would air an old match and then maybe have, like, one or two exclusive matches that they, that they taped before a Nitro kind of thing. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. so, like, they kind of dipped their format. But yeah, but worldwide, I believe it was, like, a week or two after... The, the the last Nitro that they aired their final yeah. show ever. But I'm guessing, like I said, um, they had to, con- they were contractually obligated to do that sort of thing. Uh, but yeah, uh, Yeti, it makes number three on my list. It was so bad. It was it, it was pretty awful. Um, I got one for you, Dennis. Give it to me. Okay. Um, it's the summer of 1999. The WWF is... Hammering WCW in the ratings. Raw is just the number one show, and Nitro is taking a beating, and they can't seem to bounce back. So, what does WCW try to do? They tried to put on a rock concert with Kiss, and we saw the debut of the Kiss Demon. Yeah. Yeah. Right? I remember the Kiss Demon quite well. Yeah. Um, the intention was that WCW was trying to enter a licensing agreement with KISS because KISS, you know, for those of you older wrestling fans out there that are familiar with KISS, one of the greatest rock and roll bands of all time to some people. I wasn't a huge KISS fan. I like some of their songs, but I saw them once in concert. They're pretty fun. Um, but Gene Simmons and those guys in KISS, like, they could... They could slap a KISS logo or their logo on anything and they'd sell it. There oh, was, yeah, absolutely. There was KISS credit cards and lunch boxes and toys and shirts and hats. and You know, they had everything. Um, so WCW was trying to enter a licensing agreement with KISS. And the, the original idea behind this... So KISS wanted a, a character that was, that was to be portrayed on... This was part of the agreement. They wanted this character to be on television... And they wanted the character to be... He wasn't just going to be any regular character. They were going to put him in, like, the main events. He was going to be working with, like, top guys. And there was an agreement that he had to be on, like, one or two pay-per-views and be in a featured match, like a main event or semi-main event level match. So they pushed this character really hard in the beginning. And the, the, the idea behind the, the association with KISS was WCW and Eric Bischoff wanted to do a pay-per-view on New Year's Eve. In 1999. Remember the big Y2K controversy? That when the clock strikes midnight in the year 2000 hits, the the, the whole world's coming to an end. Yeah. The power's going to get shut off kind of thing. Everybody was planning for Y2K. The idea behind that was, was that 
they were going to do a Kiss concert and a WCW pay-per-view. Like I think it was, I think they were going to do it in the Rose Bowl in Pasadena, maybe, or somewhere out west, um, in, in like a stadium setting. And they were going to alternate. They were going to do like Kiss would play a song, then WCW would have a match, and they would kind of go back and forth. And this Kiss demon would be a part of it. And then the main event of the show. I don't know who who would set, be set to be in the main event, but the main event of the show would take place close to midnight. And the final seconds of the pay-per-view would be the referee making the count. And then all of a sudden, the power shuts up. Like, the, like the screen goes to black. So you wouldn't even know the finish of the show. They would kind of do what they did with what what uh, David Chase did with Sopranos. Yeah, it would be like a Sopranos. Finish. I tell you what, though, I hated the Sopranos season finale because I loved the show so yes. much. But now, in perspective, when I I rewatched five times over by now. Same, I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I just, okay I just it watched now. it all recently. I'm actually okay with it now, but 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 at first, no, I hated. it. I actually thought we lost power. I'm screaming at the TV. Same. Not everybody did. The whole oh, yeah. world thought it was. But, over. I actually think that idea with that actually would be kind of cool. That would be kind of neat. The theory behind it, you know, like yep. the, like the referee goes to make the count one, two, and then when the clock strikes big, yeah. like, even the arena, over, you the lights even... and stuff like that. Even in the arena, I don't know if they would, would freak people out. But I'm that'd not be sure a nice touch. That would be a nice touch. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. I wasn't sure if they were going that far, but Eric Bischoff revealed that <laughs> once um, on on uh, his podcast. The idea behind it. So the Kiss Demon. I just thought it was silly, and it was just a way to kind of get Kiss. Uh, I mean, they were trying to get that crossover. They were trying yeah. to get that Kiss fan base to watch WCW and vice versa, and it just didn't work. And then I think the character had maybe one main event, semi-main event match on a pay-per-view. Didn't mean anything. I don't remember what the match was. And then they kind of tagged him up with Vampiro, and it was it, it was. I, I didn't care for it. I had at that point. I had lost some faith in WCW and what they were able to accomplish yeah. creatively. And I thought that that whole thing with Kiss was kind of, as a fan, was just kind of, it was like a desperate attempt. And I didn't really care for the character. It didn't, it didn't do anything for me. And that's why I put it on my list because it was just, the, the, the thought process behind it, I get it from Bischoff's standpoint. He's trying to get that crossover, trying to make some money. You know, the, the, the attention that the KISS fan base yeah. you know, bring, could bring. You know, I get that. I just think it was the wrong timing, like the, during the wrong era. If you did that in the 80s, different story. KISS would have been on top wrestling. The KISS demon would have been main event. In Absolutely. Saturday Night's main event with fucking Sting or Take, Hulk Hogan uh, or whoever. You know? I love Rennie Richard, but, but, but no, one know, no one would not know who the fuck she is when they for Sidney Lauper. Sidney Lauper, exactly, yeah. yeah. So that, that, that kind of crossed, like... Just the wrong timing, I think. Yeah. I think it was, and I, I don't think as popular as Kiss is, and still are to this day. I don't think in 1999 um, they had the 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 reach that they did, you know, years yeah. prior. Um, I'm with you. Great, uh, a great idea. Wrong era. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. So who else you got? So I'm giving myself a pat on the back here. Okay. Uh, when you told me this, when you get when you told me that we're going to do this podcast, I didn't. Homework. I look at lists and stuff like that, and I never saw this person on this list, and it absolutely should be mass transit. Not only was that not only that a terrible debut, that was his only match 
ever here ever had. Oh my mass god! Mass transit. Wow. I, I don't comprehend how that's not ever. You, you see these lists. Not, you're like, I don't have it on mine. You never see so yeah. mass transit. What a Ooh. debacle that was, huh, Dave? Oh, I mean, I know a little bit about the mass transit incident. Um, he was some young kid that uh, wanted to be a wrestler, and he falsified documentations to Paul Heyman in in, in ECW. Uh, to appear on a show. He was a, a, a last-minute replacement to tag with Devon Dudley against New Jack and Mustafa the Gangsters. And he lied about how much experience he had. He lied he about a, his age. He lied about his age. Ooh. He had no wrestling experience, no knowledge of it. Um, I don't know how that he was able to get one over on Paul Heyman, of all people. But he was eventually... they. They led the lamb to slaughter that day. Like, literally. Uh, literally. Um, as New Jack... I, if I can make a joke, it's more a whale than a lamb. But yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Good point. Um, and New Jack sliced him open with one of the... Exacto knife. A fucking exacto knife. With one of the worst blade jobs ever. Um, there's footage of that out there. If you want to ever Google the mass transit incident in ECW, it's so bad that... Um, when when East, when they did when WWE did that ECW documentary yeah. that DVD that came out a number of years ago they they touched on it but they couldn't talk a lot they couldn't talk a lot about it because of the the legal ramifications behind it I think there was I think there was um, not a gag order but there was they they basically couldn't go into great detail as to what happened they couldn't even name the kid because he was a minor too yeah. he was like sixteen or seventeen years old. Um, like New Jack and Paul Heyman and ECW, they were all like they almost got cooked for yeah. it because it, the, the the family <laughs> tried to sue and the, I guess the father was the one that brought the kid to the show. Yep, yep, he's the one. To, you can hear him. You you got to turn up the volume like really loud because the only footage is like for like these camcorders, the fan cameras. Yeah, but you can hear if you turn it gives him kind of goosebumps. It's eerie. Turn it up. You can hear the guy that dad goes, Stop the match! He's just a kid! Yeah, yeah. Just I do remember seeing Stop that. Hearing it. Yep. You gotta turn it really, really up. But you wow. can hear the dad doing that. Yep. And by the way, that 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 uh that uh it, during that time, were you actually paying attention to the court case and stuff like no, that? No, no, see. I, I, I kind of was. I didn't know about that stuff till I didn't know about that incident until years later. Actually, I the first time I had ever heard of that incident. I think I read it somewhere, like on a dirt sheet or yeah. something. And time when, it the, was right when they the made the announcement, when WWE made the announcement, the announcement that, they the um, announcement that they were going producing to be producing the CCW DVD, producing the CCW DVD. And I remember, I don't know if it was Meltzer, I don't know, but some dirt sheet writer, you know, broke the news that they were doing this DVD, and there was like some speculation at the end of the report, like, are they going to cover the mass transit incident? And Google wasn't as big back then, where you could search and find pretty much I anything. Google was even out there. It was uh. Was the turn of an end like uh, something Navigator? But anyway, I think that was Google before Google. Anyway, Maybe, that's not yeah. the point. Yeah, I, I, uh, I forget. I, I know what you're talking. Yeah, yeah. About. I forget the name. I don't but. think Google was out yet. But anyway, but yeah, I didn't yeah. have much knowledge of it until years later, when uh, right before that DVD came out, and they were speculating whether they were going to cover the incident. And then I believe um, who was it? Uh, Jeremy Borash during his time in TNA, he was producing a. Um, he produced a, a, a DVD of the ECW guys that were not interviewed for the WWE DVD. It was like a hardcore homecoming. Uh, um, and they did like their own version, ECW version of the 
of, of like the story of the the promotion and the mass transit incident was talked about at length on that DVD. New Jack even commented on it because he was interviewed and he pretty much said like the kid told me to cut him open, so I cut him yeah. open. Like it, what a like, fucking asshole. Yeah, I mean that whole thing is. But that you know what, Dennis? I, that's why I love when you do homework on these su- subjects because. You bring it because I didn't have that on my. That didn't make my list. That's that's a good one. I like that one. Um, all right, I got one for you. Do you remember? It was very short lived, but it was on. It was on SmackDown in two thousand and four. The individual's name was Mordecai. He wore all white. He had oh yeah white yeah hair. Yeah, yeah. It was kind of like it wasn't a religious character, but it had like this supernatural feel to it, and he carried this like. This like big long symbol down to the ring, like it was like a, I don't know, like a walking cane, but it had the symbol on it, and it was it was very short lived. Um, and the plans were were to do something with him and Undertaker. He even kind of mimicked some of Undertaker's uh, moves. He wasn't that big of a guy. Like he was maybe like six five, six six, but he wasn't like seven feet tall, Undertaker. And from what I remember reading, the idea was to build him up so that him and Undertaker could have a rivalry. And he lasted, I think, on SmackDown for maybe like a month or two. Um, But yeah, Mordecai was... It just felt like an Undertaker ripoff. Yeah, didn't we see Mordecai before? When I saw him, I'm like... I know I've seen this guy before. Anyway, I just want one... I just want to know if you... On top of your head, if you knew that. But... I actually thought I, when I first saw this guy, I re, I, I remember Mordecai. I really thought, uh, yeah, I'm yeah, he was you the in, picture uh, right now. He was the, the, the ECW reboot. I yeah, thought was, I saw he him. He was he was uh, Kevin Thorne, the, yeah. the vampire on ECW eventually. Yeah, and another uh, another interesting gimmick. <laughs> but uh, that um, I actually thought I was going, wow, I'm going to like this. And then yeah, then he talked, and I'm like, I'm done with him. Yeah, it, it wasn't anything special. Um, I, I, like I said, a ripoff of The Undertaker, for sure. It felt like a, like a, like the total opposite. Like, Undertaker wore all yeah. black, and he had the purple black lighting, and he was dark. And then this guy, like, this guy kind of had a dark aura to him, but he wore all white. You know, like, like down to, like, his hair and his goatee was, like, like, bleach white. Like, it was so bad, I just... I think he wrestled like one or two pay-per-views he was on. I think he beat like a Scotty Too Hotty or like a Hardcore Holly or something like that. And after that, it didn't last. I don't remember how they got rid of the character. But I think if I if that might have been a situation where I think they, they ran with the character. And I think Undertaker might have been like, I don't think this is going to work. Mm. And then they repackaged him and they sent him back to Ohio, Ohio Valley Wrestling for a couple of years until they rebooted ECW. And he became uh, Kevin Thorne. Um all right, give me another one. Who, so this next one is 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 technically not a WWE debut. It doesn't have to be. It's just but, a- but granted, this was their WWE debut to me, and this is one of my favorite tag team of all time, Public Enemy. So 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 so, so Public Enemy in WWE. I, 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 I want to say they, they they were ECW then WCW. They were. Yep, but, you're but, correct. But, but I was. I first saw him in WCW. And then you went and back man, to Man, man, like Devin against Harlem. He 
and Nasty and, and Boys. Nasty Boys. Yeah. These are Steiners. some great matches. Yeah. And, and in ECW, of course, that I saw, that I saw them again. And uh, that, that, uh, I mean, yeah, ECW, and I saw them again. And then, like that's that was their like their fullest potential. You could do it, do whatever they want. And like, oh my God, that, I remember them versus the Eliminators. Oh, mm, I, 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 you have to put that in the top twenty greatest tag team matches of all time, in my opinion. Yeah. But, that, that, but then here we go. That, that, that 1999, I remember like yesterday, maybe because the only wrestling I was, uh, I was able to watch because I wanted to be the cool guy in college, and that, 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 that uh, you, you know, I went to Johnson & Wales, mm-hmm. and we went, our school is, I, literally, there was no classes Friday and Saturday. Even if you wanted to go, it was only Monday through Thursday. So the, the, cool. the rich kids, the rich, the, the rich kids are uh, uh, that, that uh, they go all, home. They go home yeah. so I can watch wrestling. Yeah, but the only wrestling I, I was able to watch are two shows. East, uh, ECW, that was said, of course, that was Friday night, uh, what was that, TNN, right? Or whatever, not TNT or TBS, but TNN, right? TNN, yeah. yeah that, that, uh, Which is now, I think it's Paramount Plus. Okay. Paramount, anyways. But anyway, yeah, so, so I got to watch that and Sunday Night Heat. So here I'm watching Sunday Night Heat. Pump get in me and I pop. I'm like, oh my God, here we go. And who they fucking wrestle against? The Acolytes. Bradshaw. Oh Bruce. my God, I never saw... I never saw name guys get jobbed out like that in my whole entire life. Jobbed out, they got like lynched. Annihilated. Yeah. Annihilated, and, like, like, like. And you know the backstory behind that. I, I, I do now. I didn't know at the time. Yeah. And by the way, did we ever see Public Enemy ever again after that? They, they lasted maybe a couple more weeks in the WWF. I remember seeing them. So they had the match on Sunday Night Heat, and yep. basically it was like they're not they, either. They, they. they they didn't want a job or they didn't want to get put through a table by the acolytes or something like that. So there was a disagreement on like some stuff in the match that they were going to do with the acolytes. And then I think Bradshaw and Farouk were like, well, you know, you're not going to tell us like if the, if the boss told you yeah. you're going to do this, you're going to do it. But now we're going to make you do it. And they pretty much beat the shit out of them the entire match. And then I think a cup. And then so then they did it. So they had the match. It became like. It, it it got some notoriety from fans like the the that watched because it was to the point where I think WWF even turned it into an angle that the public enemy wasn't well liked in the locker room by any of the the wrestlers, and it lasted like a few weeks. And the last time I remember seeing them was on an episode of Sunday Night Heat. It was actually the Sunday Night Heat. It was the pregame to WrestleMania 15, and they did a battle royal. And the winners of the Battle Royal would face Jeff Jarrett and Owen Hart for the tag team titles. And I remember the public enemy were entering the ring and all the wrestlers in the Battle Royal kind of were like blocking them from getting in the ring. And then once they got in the ring, they got fucking tossed out pretty quickly. (laughs) And I think that was the last time we ever saw public enemy in the WWF at that point. And then they went to WCW not long after that. I think a few months later after their... Their, their deals that expired. But yeah. Um, so they pulled up the Hogan card, right? It was like, that doesn't work for me, brother. Right? Going pretty over much. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I don't remember if it was something where they said they weren't going to... Because I know that, like, the tables were a big part of their thing in yeah. ECW. And the match they were having with the Acolytes was, like, a no-disqualification type of match where you can use tables. And I think either it was, no, we're not going to go through a table, or no, we're not going to do the job, or something like that. We're not losing in this type of match. And that's when... You know, Bradshaw and, and and Ron Simmons put a stop to that. And yeah, made but they look like they're tough guys, but they're not waiting to fight against them. those dudes. And then you know what that did, though. That 
made it tougher for when the Dudleys would debut in the WWF months later because they came from ECW. Yeah. And the stigma was like, oh, these ECW guys think they're tough. They don't want to do jobs. They don't want to do this. Like, and that's what kind of started the... the that's what... It, they they kind of incorporated that into the Dudley's debut when they when they wrestled the acolytes yeah. a few months later they kind of brought that oh these ECW guys you know don't want to do business sort of thing so they kind of peeled back the curtain a little bit and that all stemmed from Public Enemy not wanting to do business so uh, that's a good one that's I mean even though it wasn't their official debut that was my debut in the yeah, WWE I like that and that, I love them so much my heart was broken I'm like. What did I fucking just watch? Here? I don't think, honestly, Dennis. I don't think they were on like before that match with the acolytes. I don't think they were on TV more than maybe like a week or two. I didn't. I, so I, it might I, have been close to their. I de- never saw. A, it might have been only, close to their debut. That's the only match I've ever seen uh, that that, uh, that that in the WWE. I never never saw that battle royal you mentioned. I never saw. I never saw them on Raw. Uh, that was the only. That was the only match I've ever. They might seen have been on Raw. I don't remember. Yeah. But yeah. Um, all right, I got a good one for you. The Ultimate Warrior in WCW. Oh, the shits. And what the fuck? You were there, right? Yes. You were there. You you told me, right? Yep. I, 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 only, I, I, I vaguely remember watching it live. But, but, but I've never watched it since. Yep. You, told, you told me that motherfucker was Randy for 40 minutes? Close to it. Close to it. It's, I, I wanted to do... A while back, I wanted to do a watch-along of that episode of Nitro because... For one, it's Hartford. It's Hartford, and two, I was at that show, and three, I actually worked backstage at that show. I put a post up on our Facebook recently, a couple, you know, almost a couple of months ago, uh, of, of all my autographs and the story behind my my, yeah. my day there when I was working. Um, you guys can check that out. Uh, we'll probably do a watch along of it someday. But I love that. Um, Warrior. I remember. There's a couple of things I remember. I remember. Because I was in catering that day working, and I, I was only 15 years old, and I had just broken my hand from a weight room accident training for football. So oh, you got to tell you what happened. So I tried, my dumbass tried to squat 500 pounds, and I passed out, and my hand hit the safety bar of the squatter, and the weight dropped down oh. and crushed my hand. I was an idiot for doing that. I thought, I, the, the funny story behind that was, was that... Like I went away on vacation for the summer. Like we spent like two weeks in Cape Cod, and I come back to practice and weight train for football. And all the guys that I was bigger than are bigger than me, so I felt like I had to catch up. And I tried to squat 500 pounds, and my dumbass passed out from the weight, and it crushed my hand. I broke my middle finger in five places. That's why I don't have a knuckle on my pinky. I can't even like close my middle finger. I could do I could form a fist, but like when if I wanted to. Close like my middle finger. I yeah. can't really. Um, five place, places right here. Knuckles. The whole hand was shattered. Oh, um, so I was working for a catering company at that time. Uh, summer job. And w- the the caterer, which she's still my good friend to this day, Rob, his company uh, would, would uh, feed all the performing acts in the area. So like Xfinity Theater, the outdoor venue, we would cater the, the, the acts that came in, all the tours and, you know, the Civic Center in Hartford, XL Center. And uh, so we did Nitro. And I already had a ticket to go to the show. So he knew I was a wrestling fan and he asked me, what do you want to do that day? And I said, I'd like to... He goes, can I set up their dressing rooms? Like, can I set... Because there would be, like, uh, they call them riders yeah. with, like, the performer's requests on them. And there would be, you know, 
Well, you know, fucking purple M&Ms and only and, you know, room temperature bottle of water. Yeah. You know what I mean? Stuff like that. But for the most part, like, these guys didn't have crazy demands. It was, like, just, like, water, Gatorade, you know, stuff like that for the dressing rooms because they would go to catering for everything else. So when I told him I wanted to work the dressing rooms, he was, like, he kind of, he saw the mark in me and he was like, no, nah. he goes, I think you could do something else. I don't want you, you know... Doing that, you know, I was young too, yeah. so I probably would have, I probably would have tried to hang out in the dressing room with them the whole day, kind of thing. I was fifteen, you know. So he's like, he goes, he goes, if you want to meet these guys, he was like, you can bust tables. So okay, done. So I'm carrying around this bus tray, walking around, grabbing people's poop, food, and plates. Yeah. Can I get you anything? Um, uh, I had lunch with Kevin Nash, Eddie Guerrero, Rey Mysterio. Uh, they saw that I was working, and Nash went to my boss and said, hey, can the kid get a break so he can eat lunch with us? And that was, like, the coolest thing ever. Where so, are you going, Nash? Yeah. yeah. See, that's why Kevin Nash. That's like why I said, I, I, I did say this earlier, like, huge fan of the person yeah. and so much of the wrestler. That was pretty cool. It's funny, too, because, like, he walks up, and, like, he's like, who's your boss? And I'm like, it's that guy over there. My boss at the time was a dick. Yeah. And he goes, he goes, uh, did you eat lunch? I said, no. He goes, why don't you join us? Have a seat. So he walks over. And, like, he kind of taps my boss on the shoulder. And my boss doesn't realize this motherfucker's seven feet tall. So he's, like, so I could hear it. It was maybe about a good, like, 10 or 15 feet. But it was loud enough for me to hear. He was, like, he's, like, hey. He goes, your busboy's been working real hard. He's going to eat lunch with us if that's all right with you. And he didn't say a word. He was, like, yeah, absolutely. Go ahead. So, like, I got to eat lunch with him. I got to eat lunch with Rey Mysterio without a mask on. That was the first Bro. time I ever... I got to see Rey Mysterio without a mask on before everybody did. You that know, like cool. on TV. Like, it was pretty cool. So, anyways, long story short, I'm, I'm busting tables and Warrior comes in. And, you know, he knew a lot of guys in the company yeah. from his time in the WWF. And I just remember he started introducing himself as Warrior. He's like, hi, Warrior. Nice to meet you. Hi, Warrior. Nice to meet you. Shaking everybody's hands That's and nice all that shit, you know? But the fact that he was referring to himself as Warrior, I found it strange. Right. But then I didn't realize at that time that he actually purchased the rights and changed his name legally to Warrior. So yeah. that WWF couldn't make yeah. money off the intellectual property. Um, so then at one point, I see Hall and Nash, like, they're grabbing some food. And uh, Kevin Nash says something to Scott Hall about, like, hey, did you see the Warrior? <laughs> And like Scott Hall like made a joke to or whatever. And yeah, you heard all this. I heard this because I'm busting oh tables. God. I'm in catering. I'm walking around busting tables. Oh my God. So I'm hearing all this shit, right? And um, so my boss let you know. I, I get done for the night. My boss says to me, "Go enjoy the show." So I go sit in the audience, and you know, I pretty much know that Warrior's going to be there to confront Hogan. You know, and there were some people there that had an idea that it was going to happen too because they're in Hartford. It was WWF territory. They figured like they needed to have a big surprise appearance to, to debut in Hartford. Um, what better way than have a, a WWF guy that was established make their debut in, 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 on Nitro? So he got a good pop. People were into him. Like Hogan was a good heel back then. Mm -hmm. And. You can even borderline Hogan had some of that X-Pac heat where, like, he had that go-away heat. And so, Warrior, they were big on Warrior. And they were hanging on to just about everything he said. Even for, like, I was surprised. Look, looking back on it, I don't remember people in the audience being like, oh, my God, this is dragging. This is taking forever. I don't remember that. I sat next to two guys, and this one guy, he was older than me. Like I said, I was 15. He might have been, like, in his 20s. 
him and his buddy were there, and he was holding on to everything that Warrior was saying. You know, even if it didn't make sense, he was cheering it. You know, and I could tell, and I couldn't tell if the audience wasn't into it. So I had my mother tape the show so I could watch it back. Of course, right? I was there, right? I wanted to see if I got on TV, and. I don't know what it was, but I remember being disappointed because it didn't feel like the crowd was into him as much watching it back on TV as they were when I was sitting there live. But it didn't feel like they hated it either, if that makes any sense. But it's the ultimate warrior, and we're all in shock that that, oh my God, you know? Yeah. And I think a lot of people took it as like a desperate attempt by Bischoff to grab a rating because at that time, the Raw was on fire. They were... They, they were smoking Nitro. Um, even though Nitro w- w- had a good show, um, Raw was just the more popular show. People liked it better. Um, but yeah, that debut was pretty bad. Just going on and on and on and on and on about what he's going to do to Hogan. And the last time they wrestled, he beat Hogan. Hey, and why would he mention that? Why would he mention that? Yeah, exactly. Why would you mention that? Why does anybody want to see the rematch if you've already beat him? And I just said, it happened in a different company. Yeah. That Dude. blew my mind. When I, that's the one part that blew my mind. It's like, you're talking about something that happened in a different company? Yeah. The only, the only moment, and I think that you, you, can, you can do that, is when Hogan body slammed out into Giant. Other than that moment... You can't, you, no, don't, I mean, no, no some, cross promotion. It depends on how you, you acknowledge it, I guess, for me personally. If if there's like a well-documented history, bro, that, and they that's, acknowledge it in a certain way, like I don't have a problem with it. But the fact that he said like, you have never been able to beat me, you know, I eight years yeah. ago, I beat you. Oh, you can't do that. You just like, can't do that. You kind of knocked the wind out of the sails for people wanting to see the match. And I just, I'm just saying though, not just that, but like, 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 if I can make an analogy, right? The only reason why I think you can just do the the Hogan slam on Giant, that's man walking on the moon. That's the that, that's the that's the man that's walking on the moon wrestling moment. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's, that's a, a, I like that reference. That's, that's, I like that reference. that's a good way of looking that. at it. You could do that. Yeah, but 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 bro, you can't mention uh, uh, that, that 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 WrestleMania four you beat Hogan. You just yeah or whatever it was. So it's six, right? Yeah, okay, it was six. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Four is the tournament anyway. Yep. You know how my yeah, I know you get anyway. It was and, and at this point too, the Lithuanian audience is kicking out it too. They they're fluent in, yeah. in my in my lack of English. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, oh, I was so mad at that. It's like it's like that whole area kind of just pisses me off because like when I want to watch a magic trick, I don't want to know how it's done. And like when when old Warrior does that shit, it's like. Fuck you, you know what I mean? That's like, uh, you know, unveiling the, uh, unveiling the, the curtain per se. Yeah, you know yeah, I mean? peeling the curtain back, yeah. yeah. I thought too that, like, I've, I've, I've watched a lot of recent Nitros um, during that era, 98, um, and the build-up to the Warrior-Hogan rematch for Halloween Havoc. And what I find interesting about that era with how the Warrior was presented you know, he had the face paint. He was colorful. You know, he stood out. He had a unique look. But the one thing that Eric Bischoff, or at least if they intentionally meant to do this, was Warrior 
you didn't get the warrior where like he ran down to the ring, shook the ropes, and he beat the guy in like 15 no. seconds. You got a more like brooding, like darker version of the warrior where like he popped up out of nowhere and like taunted Hogan or you'd find him in the rafters or he'd do the smoke and mirrors trick where he like disappear and like hide under the ring, you know? Oh my God, talk about smoke and mirrors. I'm sorry I cut you off like that. But how bad, that must have been the worst promo in history of mankind where they did that promo with Ward, where Hogan sees in the mirror, in the mirror yeah. but no one else can see yep. him. Oh, oh, I, yeah. I, oh my yeah, God. Yeah, that was a. Yeah, I didn't. Promos. It. Yeah. If if yeah, I, I can't. I can't defend that. I can't. I can't defend that. It was bad. Um, and then of course the match was even worse. You know, the quality of the match sucked, and then they tried to do the fireball spot, and then of course that's the famous Halloween Havoc pay per view where they. The DDP and, the, the, and Goldberg. The, the feed goes out yeah. because they ran past the time and everybody missed DDP and Goldberg in the main event. The one time, the one time, it's so sad in a way. Of course, now on the network, you can just watch it and like yep. nothing happened, right? But like, you know what's so tragic about that? Goldberg is, you could, you could say, Goldberg Ingrid skills is one of the worst of, in the history of anyone that's been over. And that, that, that I would say, Warrior it looks like Bob Backlund compared to Goldberg. <laughs> I, really, and I, I really mean that. But here's the thing. Goldberg's best match in, in his career, in my opinion, work, work rate-wise, was DDP. against DDP. That may have been a And then no one saw it. Yeah. I know. Best, I was at a friend's work. house for his that show. Work. I was at a friend's house for that show. And... The, the feed cut off right after they tried to do the fireball spot. When the fireball... We were all like, what is going on? Like, and then like, it, it at the time, it just said like, Halloween Havoc replay starting in, you know, five minutes or whatever. And they had like a little countdown clock. Yeah. And I was like, what the heck just happened? And then the next night on Nitro, they explained the situation. They went past the time. And they gave you DDP and Goldberg for free on Nitro. And it helped bump one of their quarter hours well, for Ravens. You didn't get to see the finish of the Hogan match either. No, I didn't. I didn't. They didn't even show that. They didn't they show the, so they only showed the DDP match, but they didn't show the Hogan match? They didn't show the finish. Like wow. the, It was towards the end of the finish. So, like I said, they, they Hogan tried the fireball spot. Yeah. And for whatever reason, the fireball didn't work. And then after Hogan tried to light it again, I remember the feed cut out. So, I didn't even see the finish to that. And then the... I think they showed the fin- like a clip of the finish on the next night's Nitro. Because some people did miss that. But... I think they were more concerned about making sure people saw DDP and Goldberg. Um, so, yeah, Warriors debut, definitely up there um, as one of the worst ever. Um, I I can't find anything positive about that debut. Or even that. like anything he did in WCW. I wish they did that. You, you mentioned, uh, you know, job, go run up, shake the ropes, job some in 15 seconds. Yeah. I wish they did that. Yeah, they didn't do that. They didn't do that. They were focused. Well, I mean, the, he had a special deal. Like, he had a deal where he was coming in to work Hogan, and that was it. Like, it was kind of like a short-term deal, and they, they were going to assess the, the terms of a new deal. Um, and I think they couldn't come to an agreement. I do remember the last time he appeared on a Nitro. It was, I think it was the night... After Halloween Havoc, or maybe it was the week before, I forget when, but he tagged with Sting to take on Hogan and Bret Hart on a on a main event of Nitro, and I want to say that might have been the the, the I mean, he didn't do much. Once he got the hot tag, he did a couple clotheslines, and like that was the end of it. He didn't do anything crazy. 
Um, Sting did the majority of the work on that team. But, yeah, that was pretty bad. Um, who you got? You got anybody else? I'm trying to think. That, that, um, oh, I got, yeah. I, that, that, uh, talking about disappointment. In the 90s. One of my favorite video games of all time, Mortal Kombat. Oh, I think I, I know where you're going. Oh, you, everyone knows and I, now. And I got, I got and it on my list. Said, uh, and here, and, he, and they're doing these vignettes, and there's all this other stuff. Sure. And I'm getting so excited. And who's actually Scorpion's my favorite Mortal Kombat character? But yeah. who's number two? Sub Zero. And anyone, and anyone who's a huge Mortal Kombat fan is either Scorpion or Sub Zero number one, yeah. and then then the other's number two. Yeah. So here I'm so excited. I'm going to get. A Sub Zero Mortal Kombat character, yep. fucking in wrestling. Yeah, this is amazing. But 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 at least if, if my if my fucked up memory it, it doesn't apply to what I'm about to say, and you can correct me, Dave. I implore you to do so. But I don't think we ever got during the vignettes and stuff. I don't think we ever saw his face or his karate moves. It wasn't until we actually makes a debut we finally see him. And we're like, maybe what the fuck is you this? might you might be right about that. I don't fully remember. I do remember some more, of them were like it would show his eye because he had that like that the the contact lens yeah. in his eye that made one of his eyes look. I think all we saw. Other. I think yeah, you you might be right. I don't remember fully, um, but yeah, Glacier. And this goes back to this goes back to Bischoff's train of thought with the Kiss Demon and WCW yep. and the theory behind that. But I disagree with you. I actually think he was forced to do it because they had that Mortal Kombat Annihilation show. I fucking loved it. Uh, that, that, well, that, no, that, they, they, I, I don't think, think he was forced to do it. No, you don't think so? No, I think the idea behind it was was he was trying to get because Mortal Kombat was the most popular video game at that time. And it was to the TV point show. where like they had yes, that's right. They had the TV show. Yep. Um, to the point where. That video game was so violent that you couldn't just a kid just couldn't walk in the store. You had to get your parent to pay for it. Like you had to have a parent. Like in Connecticut, there. we had Joe Lieberman though. Yeah, doing the anti-video game. That's show. right. I remember that. Yeah, wow, that's crazy. That you brought that up. Um, it was so popular that I don't blame them for trying to capitalize on the popularity and get maybe that video game uh, audience, that genre of video game fans to watch these Mortal Kombat like characters now. I know he couldn't use the Mortal Kombat names because there was licensing and trademarks behind that itself and that intellectual property. So I think it was a great idea. I think it was, again, bad timing. Why was it bad timing? Because you had the NWO. The NWO was hot. It was reality-based. Yeah. It had a reality-based storyline that, like, then you put this cartoon video game presentation on your show, and it kind of, I wouldn't say it like cheapens or lessens the product, but it's a stark contrast compared to what the NWO angle and the story arc was. That is such a fantastic point. You know what I mean? Like, I just think it was a great idea during a during an era where that game was... They made millions off of yeah. that video game. Millions. The TV show didn't do as great... Or the movie, I don't think did as well, but that video game made millions of dollars, and I'm and and I just think it was a good idea just during the wrong era, during the wrong era, like the, it just didn't go over too yeah. well um, with with the audience because of the reality based NWO versus WCW power struggle, um, but it. The, the even the entrance glacier's entrance with the with the snow and the blue yeah. light and you know I thought it was still pretty cool looking but 
they kind of, I think. If I'm in a beer belly, fucking, that, that just did it for me. I checked out when I saw the beer belly. I was, I was just, I, I was just checked out because I just thought it was the wrong time. Like, 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 we see like Sub Zero, the character. Yeah. You know, jacked and thin. Yeah. You know what I mean? This guy wasn't. I mean, he could beat the shit out of me, of course, but like, he wasn't jacked and thin, and like, yeah, he didn't look like this guy's gonna. This guy's gonna take take. He wasn't in off. terrible shape, but he wasn't in like he didn't he didn't. He wasn't jacked. He doesn't look, yeah. look like a killer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, all right, I got one more. Uh, I don't know about you if you got one more. Um, Not really. All right, my last one then. Here, this 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 hit number five for me. Um, the Renegade in WCW, which yeah. was like the ultimate warrior ripoff. Yep. Okay. Um, it was 1995. It was Hogan and Randy Savage as like a mega powers. Type group with Jimmy Hart as their manager, and um, at the time, this was pre Dungeon of Doom. So I think Hogan and Savage are feuding with like Flair and Vader, and Flair had Arn Anderson, and so like they needed backup. And for weeks, they had hyped up that they had this like they called them like the ultimate solution, the ultimate surprise. So I'm thinking like, oh my god. Are they gonna get the Ultimate Warrior? Wait, Hogan's wait, wait! Average? They actually had a thing that they called the the the. the, the well, the, Hogan was the, hyping the it. No, no, the final solution. They actually said that. the Ultimate Solution. Okay. So like Hogan. Was, <laughs> I'm gonna say being being Jewish. You know what I mean? Oh <laughs> God! I'm like no, I didn't. Anyway, anyway. So Hogan is on TV for weeks, and he's like, you know, I think it was like a tag match that they had advertised. It was like Hogan and Savage against Flair and Vader, and Arn Anderson was gonna be in like Flair and Vader's corner. And Hogan had Jimmy Hart, but you know Jimmy Hart was getting beat up by them, and so Hogan was like advertising this ultimate surprise, the ultimate solution yeah. to back up the Mega Mania, the Mega Powers with Hogan and Savage. And I'm thinking to myself, oh my God, they're getting the Ultimate Warrior. Like this is like an '80s wrestling dream team right here. Like this is gonna be cool, right? And then they bring this fucking guy out, and he's got a red and yellow R painted on his face with like tassels and. He's got a singlet that's airbrushed, and he's you know similar to running down the ring and shaking the ropes. And I'm like, oh my god, this is an Ultimate Warrior ripoff. And I just thought, like, man, this poor guy, like, he's just trying to feed his family. Yeah. And they put him in this. Like, this is a terrible idea. Just awful. And I just remember being so disappointed. Like, this could have been something cool, you know, if it was the real Ultimate Warrior. Yeah. And what was the word doing uh, during that time anyway? He wasn't doing anything. Get, fucking get him then, right? I don't think he was either. I, I, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, either he had stepped away from the business and he wanted no part of it, or WCW didn't even bother, you know, reaching right. out to him, kind of thing. I don't think there was. I don't think they were talking at he was that time. The next generation of wrestlers, apparently. Then. Oh, uh, maybe I don't know. At his, <laughs> at his Warrior Academy, whatever it was. I don't mean to shit on the dead, but it was but, pretty. Stupid. Anyway, I, but, heard, I heard that that was not a good wrestling camp. Anyway, no, so no, no. You can find that on YouTube where he's like cussing at some ten-year-old kid and telling him to be a man and shit. But yeah, Renegade was just awful. It was awful. Um, all right, so. If there is a, so if there is a all right we'll we'll do the Mount Rushmore yeah. okay real quick to end this podcast if there is a Mount Rushmore of debuts with Shockmaster obviously being on there oh yeah okay, he'll that's be on, the George Washington yeah right if, there if, if, if there's if there's a Mount Rushmore of, of worst debuts in wrestling history 
that would join the Shockmaster? You give me the other three. Oh, that's such a good question. All right. Um, Got to do for, for, for fake diesel and fake razor. All right. I'm, I'm, I'm on board with it. that. Got to do it. Got to do the, the, the gobbledygooker. Got to do it. Okay. Got to do it. Uh, bro, if you're in that arena. Yeah, you were uh, there. You had, you had to be in that arena. You were there, so I get it. You had to be there. You I had get to it. be there. And um, I, I know I'm being clever now, but the more I think about it, I got to put Max Transit on there. Yeah, just that, 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 uh, what a debacle in every single, in every stretch. Uh, that, 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 uh, that, 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 uh, that, yeah, that's gonna make that's my Teddy Roosevelt one. Okay, but but, but, but I'm doing I, those are I good. Do it. I gotta put Max those are, on there. Those are good. Those are good. Okay, I would put Shockmaster on there. I'd put Fake Razor and Diesel. I would put um, I'd put Renegade up there. That is a good one. Because I can't believe everything you think about the because Renegade. it was so bad. It was. So um, and I would probably. If I were to put another one up there, I guess you could say the Gooker. Yeah, I guess I, I guess I guess you could say the Gooker. I'm Gooker. just saying, it doesn't know justice. It it was so funny that that arena that that was only about three fourths filled made me a little more. Let's say eighty percent, right, mm-hmm. bro? It felt like sold out, standing only. When when that fucking when that fucking chicken slash rooster got out of that egg, that 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 that. I I only John Rocker at the, during the Mets during sellout on uh, a Saturday afternoon sellout. I've never heard a, a negative energy like that before. Yeah, that's yeah, that's 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 pretty <clears throat> wild. Um, all right. Um, yeah, that about does it for this for this episode. Uh, I appreciate it. It's been, it's been a long time since we got to yeah. chat, so I'm looking forward to the next episode. I I, I, I got a little homework for you. Yeah, give okay. Me. Um. Since we're on the topic of like worst debuts, so the next episode will be the Dennis J. Levy wild card edition. Okay. Now I want you to give me the worst wrestling match or the worst show, wrestling show you've ever watched. Ever. Oh, I already know that one. Okay. Uh, but, but, but uh I'm trying to think of and, match, and, and, though. and we'll and we'll do a watch along of either of those. What's the show that you think that you're thinking of? Oh, that I always get it wrong, but but I remember the opening match was Eminem. Oh, you're thinking um, you're it, thinking it, of ECW so December yeah. December. I never seen anything like that okay. before. Never saw anything like that. before. I mean, if you want to watch that, we can. Or if there's just one of the worst wrestling matches you've ever seen, that's what I gotta think of. Okay, then do your homework there. Yeah, what you think is the worst wrestling match? We're gonna watch it. On the I'm next trying to episode. think. God, that's such a good question. Oh, take some time. Yeah, yeah, I'm just saying. Yeah, take, I, take some time. Yeah, yeah. And, we'll, and, and yeah. we'll get we'll get after. It. And thank you all for pressing play hit hey, download. I, I really do. Uh, from, from the bottom of my heart, I just hope I just hope the listening audience kicking out too. Get it's going to have half the enjoyment of this podcast that I had today. This this is one of my favorite ones of all time. This is a lot. I of had fun. a lot of fun Dude, during this we podcast. Definitely had a lot of fun, and we're going to do it again. We're definitely going to do it again. So uh, thank you all for tuning in, pressing play, hitting download. You can find this show at the archives over at Retromania on Podbean by searching Retromania with a W or any other podcast platform available. And I think it's about that time that we put this one officially down for the three count, and we'll see you all next time.